0: My listeners, a few of you have asked if the Jesus Meditation app ad that's been running on our show, hosted by one Ophira Eisenberg, is a joke. It is not. (laughs) It is a real ad. Uh, As I mentioned, we don't choose the ads on our show yet, but the fact that that one chose us, well, I guess we're the chosen pot. So I just wanted to clarify that, but please keep writing in, listeners. I love hearing from you. Write in about anything. Keep choosing us because as we gain more popularity, it means season two and more of me reading ads, so easier on the ears. Let us all pray. Please, Jesus, give us season two. Right after these ads, you'll get a brand new episode of Parenting is a Joke. I used to be chill It's all up in smoke
1: I think it's still fun Parenting's a joke I was cool
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Parenting is a Joke. I'm your teetering on the edge host, Ophira Eisenberg. And on this show, we bring together comics to talk about their work and their career and what it's like to do that with kids. Yeah. Like, how the fuck are they doing it? And in today's episode, I talk to Laurie Kilmartin about her competitive swimming career and how she explained her dad's death to her son. I just said grandpa's dead, dead, dead.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And he got it by the third dead. (laughs) By the third one? He was like, what?
0: What? Oh. I know you, my listeners, are smart, savvy people that understand time travel. So you know that we recorded this episode before spring break. So you'll get my full Disney World breakdown. And I emphasize breakdown next week. But for now, we're going to drop in a little live from the Magic Kingdom audio from me. So, this is weird because I'm going to throw from me to me. This is the number one no no in radio. But you know what? This is podcasting, bitch. So, there are no rules. This is Parenting as a Joke meets Quantum Leap.
2: My thoughts on Disney so far are amazing.
0: What did you think Uh, of Pirates of the Caribbean?
2: Pirates of the Caribbean was a little scary, but it was cool, too.
0: What did you think of the stand-up comedy we saw by Monsters, Inc.? That was
2: hilarious.
0: Do you think I'm as good of a comic as those
2: monsters? Yeah, that's all I have for opinions. Bye!
0: I gotta tell you, I am glad that was his recap, because when we got there, the first thing he said was, I want to go back to the hotel... And then the whole Pirates of the Caribbean ride, he just kept repeating, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, until the end. And then he said, I guess it's cool. It's been a day. Wasn't what I was expecting either. Or was it? I have no idea, because like I said, I recorded this part before I recorded that part. So this is past me talking, and you just heard from future me. friends. Have I changed? Is it bad? Because there's still time. There's still time for me right now to alter in the past so I don't become that person but let's get back to the present. Why not? So now I wondered, as I was buying all of these Disney tickets and et cetera, trying to cash in all the drink tickets I have from stand-up gigs over the years, uh, because I don't know if you know this, but when you first start out, smaller gigs don't pay you, or they just give you a small fee, but they are very generous with drink tickets, not perpetuating the problem at all. (laughs) So I was wondering, does my son know what I do to make money? Does he know? Other than record him on my phone and then say, okay, but do that again. Just it needs to be 30 seconds. I'm just kidding. 30 seconds is way too long. So I asked him. Lucas, what do you think I do for money? Um, you work as a comedian. Hi, people. I'm as fat as a donut. Do you think that's my act? No, but, but it's funny. And then I thought, what do other people's young kids think they do to afford all of those beanie boos, huh? And here's what they said. Do you know what mom does for work? Hanging out with a friend. Hanging
2: out with friends? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So what does mommy do
2: all day at work? Teach her and play swings. Playing what? Swing. Playing swing? She's playing on the swing? Oh,
3: what do you think that Daddy does? He makes
0: stories with 3D printers.
4: What does Daddy do for work?
2: Uh, he like, makes commercials.
4: Have you ever seen any of them?
2: Yes.
0: What did Daddy do on that commercial?
2: I don't really know. <laughs> hey, guys, what does mom do for work?
0: Comedy and plumbing.
2: Mom's a plumbing joke producer? Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Well, it seems like our kids are comfortably protected from knowing the truth. It's all just magic. Hey, do you need an activity with your kid today? Because we want to hear what your kids think you do for work. So just record them. Open up your voicemail app, press new recording, go over to them, grill them, and then just send it right away to info at prettygoodfriends.com. So yeah, press pause now. Thanks so much for doing that. Hi, thank you. Can't wait. After the break, we'll talk to the very funny Lori Kilmartin.
2: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot slash iHeart.
3: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
1: With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you.
0: Fantastic comic, longtime writer for Conan. She co hosts a wonderful podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show with Jackie Cation and in person with me in New York, lives in LA, but also when I moved here, was one of the first people to be nice to me in really? New York.
4: Yeah. It's Lori Kilmartin. Thank you. I consider that a weakness of mine, and I'll pummel it out of me by the end of this podcast. You're in New York right now. What brings you to New York? Well, I still have a place here, and I still – I come back a lot. You have
0: a place here?
4: Yes. Amazing. Okay, so you come here. You can stay here. Right. I would return a lot before the pandemic, and it's a little bit less now. You know, I used to do, like – a lot of weekends where I would take the red eye after Conan on Friday night out of Burbank. There's a jet blue red eye, and then get here around six AM, sleep all day, do like six spots on Saturday night, and then fly back out on Sunday.
0: You're a machine.
4: You know what? I had taken a a reasonable chunk of time away from New York at one point. Yeah. And I came back and I was like, What the hell? <laughs> like the rhythm is so different. Yeah. And I had lost it. You know, I had a very LA sort of you know, things tumble out slowly sort of rhythm. Is that I what it
0: is? It's just a, it's like a slower vibe? I'm, a little bit, yeah.
4: yeah. Here in New York, almost every night you're following heavy hitters, yes. right? Unless you're at some club that is just like a little down market or something, right? Which sometimes is a great relief. You're like, uh, oh, I have great. three <laughs> spots that no one's seeing tonight and I'm so excited. I know exactly that feeling. I, I went to the stand on Tuesday and I'm like, It's Tuesday. There's going to be 15 people here. And I wore pajamas, practically. And Mm -hmm. I get there. It's sold out. I'm following Mark Norman and Dan Soder. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Come on. It felt like a Saturday. Comedy is so popular. Sunday through Thursday used to be just fun, relaxing. And now they're all Saturday nights in a way. You know, and it is very stressful.
0: But that's interesting. You come to New York to basically go to the higher-level boxing gym. Yes. (laughs) But also, I got to ask you, because I was listening to this, you recently became a citizen of Luxembourg? Yeah. I am (laughs) (laughs) free to leave this hellscape anytime I
4: want to. (laughs) Luxembourg has this sort of um, strange condition that they were forced into when they wanted to join the EU. Some a-hole Luxembourg American <laughs> was somehow was a lawyer and cornered them. And they're like, listen, uh, when our ancestors immigrated over here to the states, you took away their citizenship without telling them. And so it's not fair. And so you have to offer citizenship to anyone that can prove they're descended from Luxemburgers who came over during this time frame. And it is a hassle. It's not easy. You have to like contact churches and, and give birth certificates and death certificates and marriage certificates. Right. It's going back to the mid
0: eighteen hundreds. But if you do it, you have this. I have it. <gasps> okay, I have the passport. Great. And as someone who has two passports right now, I'm like collect them all. Like you, I'm into it. You are so arrogant. With I those want two passports, more passports, but I am too. So yeah, I recognize. <laughs> and our, our, I mean, we just joked at the beginning. You're like, I'm out of here anytime. But is that your escape plan? I do want to leave. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> what I would love to do is when my son graduates from high school. I, I'm assuming he'll be going to college or, I don't know, a little bit more into, you know, won't be as needy of me. I want to live in Europe for a year without having to run back here every three months for new visa work, you know, yes. I, for a year. I just want to see, even if I if I just do like open mics in France, like, I, what's it like? I just want to have that experience. I've had the American comedy experience yep. since I started. And I just am curious about about living in Europe, so your
0: son is sixteen.
4: he's sixteen yeah. and his
0: and are you willing to share his name? No,
4: got it. you know, whatever I say on stage, which I say a lot of a sh- lot of stuff yeah. about him, I wanted him to be able to be completely separate from me as much as he wanted to be. And yeah,
0: yeah, sixteen, I feel like is potentially I was very sensitive at sixteen the age of embarrassment yes. <laughs> Yeah. Embarrassment. Okay. So before we dive in, I actually want to play a quick game with you. Okay. So you have written and co written a couple books. Right. One that comforted me greatly in the grief of my mother dying called Dead People Suck. Thank you. And one that saved me in the first few months of having a baby. <laughs> no, really? Called Shitty Mom. <laughs> Yay. You really, you, you really I try to get it. both ends of life. <laughs> you really <did. laughs> Uh And these books are not safe for kids. I think I should say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not safe for kids <laughs> and I'm a mom. So <laughs> That's... Perfect, not safe for kids. America's mom. All right, so uh, kids' books are, you know, there's a lot of them. And if you ask me, there's some great ones, and there's just a lot.
4: Of crap. Yeah. When I heard the Duchess of York was writing books for kids, I'm like, there's no shame no. in this business whatsoever. I think it was like Budgie who was a helicopter. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right.
0: exactly.
4: I mean, no. I guess that's how
0: you travel when you're a Duchess <laughs> of yeah, York. Uh, thanks for being in tune with the average mom. <laughs>
4: yes. And the
0: average <laughs> child. All right. So I'm just – this is just real or fake kids' book. Okay. I'm going to give you the name of a book. You just tell me if you think this is actually out there making the rounds of kids' bedrooms and libraries. Okay. Uh, The Night Dad Went to Jail. Yes. That's real. How do you know that? It's got to be real. (laughs) It's got to be real. Yeah, it's totally real. Yeah. The subtitle is What to Expect When Someone You Love Goes to Jail. Was it written by Melania Trump? (laughs) (laughs) 2013. Okay. So. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> He'd had committed enough crimes at that yeah. point. She was like, yeah, I'll write it under a pseudonym,
4: five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of people writing hyper-specific books about, you know, situations now, which is cool. Which is cool. Kids with a
0: jail dad deserve to have a book that explains stuff to them. When your dad died, did you try to explain it to your son at the time through any books? No,
4: he was, let's see, 2014, he was seven. No, I didn't. Um, I just said, Grandpa's dead, dead, dead. (laughs) And he got it by the third dead. (laughs) By the
0: third one? He was like, what?
4: What? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I said, never mention it again. You know what? If you're, please write a kid's book called Grandpa
0: is (laughs) dead, dead, dead. dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's perfect. Okay. Mommy, why is there a server in the house? I'm going to say no. No, that one's real too. Are you that serious? is a book for spoiled children <gasps> with Live and Help. That is obnoxious. Yeah, the real book published in 2007 was actually for uh, trust fund kids of any age.
4: I can't believe I hadn't heard of that because I used to be on Urban Baby at the time, like in tw- 2007 when my son was born. Were yeah. you ever on that news group?
0: No, not that one. I mean, Parksville Parents is the one that I'm okay. on, because, which is, I, I feel like has some similarities. That, is it
4: anonymous? It can be okay. So, so, Urban Baby was totally anonymous. Urban Baby was at its height of irritating and <laughs> Park Slope ness you know, and Brooklyn Um So, I'm surprised I didn't hear about that.
0: And I did you ever contribute, or were you mostly? Oh, I was
4: constantly on it. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I got my—I was writing for this website called Twenty Three Six, and um, the big scoop that I got early from—because there were some political people in Urban Babies, some, like, high-level moms, and someone said, Sarah Palin's daughter is pregnant. That wasn't out, and I started making— cards like uh, baby shower cards like as jpegs for the website and as soon as the news came out i dropped these it was like it was comedy that should have taken an
0: extra day it was
4: Boom, you were like, right nope. there.
0: Uh, how about i just ate my friend <laughs>
4: Oh, my God. That's got to be like a vegan or vegetarian.
0: I'm going to say, yes, that's real. It's real. Okay. Uh, Published by Simon & Schuster. It's for uh, kids ages four to eight. But it is macabre and it's dry. And it's about a creature who's looking for a new friend because he ate.
4: Oh, okay. I thought it may be a survivalist kid who had to eat the dog. (laughs) You have a dog, don't you? I do. Did, I have a pit bull. Her name is Charmy. I'll tell you my dog's name. She's. I don't care. She doesn't mind being associated. No, with she's.
0: Me. Did you buy
4: the dog because your son wanted a pet? He was dying for a dog for a long time, and I don't like how this went down any more than the audience will. But it was during the pandemic. Everyone had adopted dogs. Yeah, like they were out of dogs. They were and out of dogs. When they did have a dog, they wanted to come in the house, and I'm like, "What? I've got an." 82 year old woman. No, no one's coming in my house at all. So I bought a puppy. Oh, yeah. In Lancaster, California, where it's, you know, everyone just buys a house to raise pit bulls. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do it. I tried. I couldn't help it. I know it's bad. Okay. And my
0: career has suffered because of it. Are you happy? How about why is mommy always working? Yes. I think my son wrote that. Isn't that my son's
4: book? <laughs>
0: okay, it's fake. Oh, uh, but we need it. Just saying, if your son wants to get on that, there is a book called "Where Is My Dad." But actually, we were having trouble finding a kids' book explaining a career mom or or a single mom getting back into the dating game or any of that.
4: Why does mommy make jokes about my pain for strangers? <laughs>
3: but she seems to be happy. <laughs>
0: So you grew up in Walnut Creek, California, which sounds idyllic.
4: It's the Pasadena of uh, the East Bay. When I was growing up, it was a lot more down home. It was a lot more creeks and walnut trees, and now it's like Pottery Barn and uh, that kind of a thing. I can't afford to go back to my hometown at the moment. When did you leave? Um, I moved to New York in 98 or 99.
0: Okay, so you came to New York as an adult, so you spent a lot of time there. Here's the thing. My dad worked was
4: overseas a lot when I was a kid. I didn't see him very much, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of anger and stuff. And then um, when I was, I guess, 21 and on, he sort of worked from home, and I was this comic going on the road. So I just stayed home and sort of like redid my teenagehood (laughs) with my dad, you know, was just uh, driving out to gigs for I did that for like 10 years before I moved to New York. I'm so grateful that I was able to do that because after he died and I realized, oh, my God, I had that extra decade. (laughs) Normally, you would be like, well, bye. I'm just going to I'm done. I'm an adult now.
0: You make it sound, maybe this is hindsight, like it was a conscious decision. I'm going to stay. It wasn't a conscious, but I
4: liked it. You know, I come home from just a night at Cobbs or whatever. In the in the city, yeah. right, driving a, across uh, through the Caldecott Tunnel and across the bridge, I come back from my spots or spot, and my dad would be sitting there with a box of white wine and uh, watching late night. We'd be sitting with one of the dogs, and uh, he'd ha- make crackers. You know, when melt cheese on crackers, That's my and, favorite. Yeah, oh, cheddar cheese on crackers, oh, I love it.
0: Oh. Uh, and you were swimming. Maybe I was you're... a
4: competitive swimmer. Yeah.
0: So then when I moved
4: to New York, I started swimming just like at the Y, at the Vanderbilt mm-hmm. Y. Sure. Um, at the time, I don't know if it still is, but it was open 24 hours. So sometimes I would do spots and then go swim like at midnight because I just was like, this is bananas. So it must clear your head. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All water activities clear your head. Even a shower, you know, when you get. Oh, sho- that is true. Do something in the water if you're having a tough time. Whether it's shower or you know, get in the pool. You don't have to swim a lot. You just get in the pool, jump in, and jump out.
0: This is your meditative space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I sort of knew this, but then I revisited on your website. You have some archives, I don't know if you're still doing it, that you would go on the road and then you would swim in pools and yeah. then you'd write reviews. I would write of, review of lap pools. And most of them, terrible. All the lap pools were terrible. They
4: were awful. There was like
0: 1A plus that I was like. <laughs> I,
4: I think that might have been Federal Way <laughs> in south of Seattle because it was the Goodwill Games pool. And I was like, because I had been used to, I would show up, I, I belonged to the Y. So that's where I, you know, when I was on the road in the 90s, a Y membership was like. Heaven. It just took you away from the road, right? Yeah. You you get into any Y with your little YMCA card (gasps) free, pretty much always free. In California, pools are good, but every everywhere else, they're like, they were built during the Depression. Yep. And, okay, it's nice to have a relief on the thing, but I just cut my fingers while I was doing a turn. Um <laughs> right. And it's 18 yards. I don't even know how to measure this in my
0: head because the standard pool <laughs> the, is 25 the, the yards. The length is totally The lengths messed are up. ridiculous. Yeah, so funny. I remember seeing you in New York. I looked up to you. I still look up to you. You were one of the first people I saw talking on stage— about being pregnant when you were pregnant the so one line that I always remember it, people would say to you, "Well, what were you using as birth control?" And you were like, "My age Because I got pregnant when I was 40.
4: <laughs> that was my first pregnancy. Yeah, I was
0: shocked shocked. Did you always want to be a mom?" No, I still don't. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> no, and I had this joke too, but it was kind of true
4: where I was like, I was like, "What what is this?" And then I, then... Anna Nicole Smith had a baby and Britney Spears had a baby. And I was like, it can't be that hard with those. I mean, if those two are doing it, (laughs) then I have my baby. Then Anna Nicole Smith overdoses
0: like a couple months later. I'm like, damn. (laughs) guess it was hard. (laughs) It was hard. Uh, Were you relieved when – did you know that you were having a son? Yeah. Or a
4: boy? Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I had had a daughter, I would have had more expectations for her because – Woman, woman, but having a son, I was much more like. What are you? <laughs> I don't. I don't, know. I don't understand know you. How you pee? I don't know how any of that. What is happening there? But I, I guess I'll, I'll never know what I would have been like with a daughter. You can't help but project some of your own stuff onto the same gender child. You know? Yes. Like of course this happened to me, so I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen to you, right? And
0: they're like, well, it, that didn't. Yeah, ha- <laughs> <He has> nothing <laughs> to do who with are me. You? Why? Yeah, yeah. Although there, are, there is, you know. I actually hate this little phrase that people say all the time because I think it's a lot of lip service but I you know you hear a lot like raise a good boy mm-hmm. raise a good man like do you think about that a lot well he's a good guy and um I didn't have to tell him to be a good
4: person <laughs> what what monsters are you people raising that you have to remind <laughs> yourselves to tell them to be good just wants to draw and
0: uh, yeah well that's interesting that you're saying that so I know that you co-parent mm-hmm. does he flip home No, he's or? mostly with me. Okay, he's mostly he's with mostly you. He's mostly with me. I remember we were a few years ago we were at a comedy festival and uh, I feel like he was in 12 or 13 range and you were showing me some wild illustrations that he had completed. Yeah. He has a webtoon that he he made an entire
4: universe. It's called The Monsters of Farewell. And uh, and if you want to know my son's name, you can look it up. You can okay. probably catch
0: it. <laughs> but is that, is that where he's going? Illustrator. And yes. He
4: definitely – he loves anime. He wants to make anime. I'm trying to just encourage him to find something, you know? I do feel like having a parent that makes a living in comedy, like you and me – Yeah. It's maybe emotional nepotism in a way where they know, oh, it's possible, right? Like with me, I'm the daughter of an engineer and a preschool teacher. So for me to make the leap to become a comedian, it was like a massive – it took a long time for me to do that. And my son's like, oh, no, you could do that. Like, so he doesn't have to make that leap. So I, I do feel like that's an advantage. Oh, yeah. Even that kind of advantage. You don't start on first base mentally. You start on second base. Yeah, You're I like, You're right. I, I can I, be a writer. They know it's an, a totally viable option. That is a huge, I think, um, a burden lifted off a kid who has creative ambitions.
0: When he was younger, how much were you on the road? Were you very
4: contemplative about spending time at home? I didn't spend a lot of time at home. I would try to do at least four spots a week in L.A. Okay. Right? So that's four nights a week.
0: Which, by the way, from what I know about L.A., that is the most you can do. <laughs> yeah.
4: Unless you're like three comedians. Yeah. Um, You know, I never hung out. I would zoom in, do my spot, come back. I moved my mom in with me after my dad died. She helped out. When I would do my little jaunts back here, my mom was at home, right? right? During the pandemic, of course I was home. He experienced it as like, Pretty cool, <laughs> <laughs> and even now my unemployment, I haven't been able to get another writing job. So you know, I'm picking him from water polo practice. I'm like a stay-at-home mom when I'm not on the road, and I think he really loves it.
0: Were the hours when you were writing on Conan good for families? Or yeah, you- I mean, the place I
4: have there in LA is very, was very close to Warner Brothers, where we were. So it was like I'd be home in ten minutes, you know. We get in around nine and then oh. I guess either between four and seven, depending on how much comedy we didn't have for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but even you know, it was a quick John home and stuff like that. <laughs> the comedy we didn't
0: have. <laughs> <laughs> so did he ever come with you on the road or was he very into watching you at some point? Yeah. Never into watching me. I've taken him recently on gigs
4: where when he was on vacation or at summertime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I took him to college for New Year's Eve. He hung out. He looks adult and he's hanging out with adults so that's kind of cool for him. But mostly when he goes to a comedy club it's for the food. Like he asks... (laughs) His favorite club is Flappers because of the double cheeseburger. They have great food there. They do. And uh, he's like, you need to work more comedy and magic (laughs) because of the salmon. I'm like, I know. And uh, the improv sells uh, pretzel bites. So those are his three approved clubs in Los Angeles. And when he was little, I would bring him with me. His dad is a comic, too, or was a comic. And we worked together at a casino. And our son was like six months old or something. And... We had him in the green room, and his dad would go up and do his set and then run back, and we had the MC do time, and then I would run in and do my set, and then that's how we did it, and then they never hired couples again. (laughs) They were like, no! Never. There were other times when I would just take him by myself on the road, and uh, that is exhausting.
0: It's so hard to switch gears. You don't get a fucking second
4: off. Even when you're preparing for your show, like, you mentally, you can't... And so at the time, this is like between 2007 to 2010, there was this organization called Sitter in the City where yeah. you just get a local sitter to come to your hotel room and stay with the baby. And uh, so I did that a couple times. I would tell the hotel front desk that <laughs> if someone leaves with my baby, uh, please stop them. <laughs> Don't interrupt my show, but please stop them.
0: <laughs> Especially if and I'm selling merch like, afterwards. Uh, this is a holiday inn.
4: <laughs> Everyone's leaving with babies here. <laughs> we, people That's are leaving without do. their kidneys. I mean, do you know where you're staying?
0: <laughs> now, I am sure that there is a lot of difficult stuff in your life that you don't live tweet. Right. But... You know, you did live tweet your dad's illness and eventual death. And when I say live tweet, I'm talking dark, hilarious jokes. There was one like, Grandpa's dying. Like you said, Grandpa's dying. And my seven-year-old looked up at me with his big brown chocolate eyes and said, what about his iPad? <laughs> For example. <laughs> he he did want my dad's stash because I got my dad a really nice iPad.
4: Um <laughs> Yeah.
0: So those jokes were eventually made into a comedy special called 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad. Yeah. On CISO, which was a uh, comedy network that is now defunct. Yeah. You see a theme with all my work. (laughs) It's defunct. I get it, universe. Got
4: Message received. But yeah, wait till you see the club I'm opening in Luxembourg. (laughs) I do. I have a fantasy of opening a, like an expat comedy chain for English speaking comics. Yes. You know? And then we could get some uh, other speaking comics there too. But there's so many expats roaming around Europe and, you know, a lot more than ever. There, Laurie's so. place.
0: I'm liking <laughs> it. Uh, and then during the pandemic, your mom went into the hospital for a um, routine procedure, ended up getting COVID. She wasn't doing well anyway. Okay. She's a
4: very rough 82. So they kept her in the hospital a while because of COVID. And then they said we have an opening at a SNF, a skilled nursing facility, where my mom would have to rehab. She was so old that just even lying in a hospital bed for five days, she'd lost enough muscle where she needed to rehab to walk. At the Sniff, those places are just garbage across the board. It's Ugh. it's like the worst industry in America. And I couldn't even go in to check. Like, this is 2020. You could, I couldn't check. I couldn't. If I dropped stuff off for her, it had to be outside, and they would come through two doors. So I couldn't see who she was rooming with. I couldn't see the conditions. And apparently, it was really bad. And oh, God. the whole wing just, like, went down. It was really awful.
0: And you tweeted about it, again, very dark Hilarious jokes. This one is slightly political, and I want to throw it out there. I was just notified that since my mom was a Trump supporter who died from COVID, her death has been ruled a suicide. Yes. Cause of death, her vote. <laughs> now, I think you're one of the most prolific— People I know out there because oh, you do stand up. I don't up. feel like I do enough. I th- of course, that's exactly what you would say. So when you're live tweeting that that kind of uh, material, that's very vulnerable, but you're you've decided that you're going to take a comedic lens on it for the whole time. I my question is why. <laughs> Why? Seriously, Why? like, what did it did you like having it in the Twitter sphere? Like, was there something oh. about putting it out there and the distance that it created for you emotionally? Well, with my dad, it was I didn't want to leave his
4: side because he was in home hospice. And so we didn't know when he was going to die. I was not going to go to a comedy club because I like to do comedy at night. Right. Yes. So that's just what I was used to. But of course, my dad was dying. And so I was like, no, I'm, I'm glued to his side. And so I just started writing jokes, but just tweeting them. That's it. And then Patton Oswald started retweeting him, and then that kind of took off. When my well, you're like,
0: great pressure now, I got to do this,
4: <laughs> Dad. <laughs> l- linger for one more day, please. I'm I'm getting followers left and right. Please, Dad, hang on. Uh, and then I could not believe my mom got COVID. I didn't know anyone that had it. This is June 11th of 2020. So it's really early mm-hmm. on. Pre-vaccine. Every, yeah. Like it was like a couple of people in Seattle or they were on a cruise. I'm like, my mom? Are you fucking kidding me? Even though we, it was going to become huge, at that point it was still a very small amount of people. I was like, this is historic. I cannot believe this is happening. The process of it was so awful versus a hospice stuff, you know, where it's basically we're sitting with my dad. No one's contagious. He has cancer. It's like, this is your life. Friends are coming by. Family's coming by. Calls, everything. My mom is like in a hospital room. Um, When people are visiting her, you know, it's just nurses and doctors and they're head to toe in beekeeper outfits. She doesn't even know who they are. She's kind of mostly unconscious. Right. You know? You know, we were communicating with her via the iPad. I have no idea if she heard anything we said. I have no idea. I mean, I only hope she did. All I know is my sister and I, it took us a lot of effort to lobby to get to go inside the hospital room to visit her. We were the first ones at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena allowed in, the first family members allowed in. Other hospitals were allowing them in. Like, you had to be full PPE. And so when we went in and started talking to her, she did, like, sit up and... Try to communicate. And then she kind of fell back. And that was all that we were able to do. Even my last pictures holding hands of her, I have plastic gloves on. Yeah. She didn't even get to feel skin the last – it's just so – it's so bad. So um, I guess I kind of felt like, okay, well, this thing dropped in my lap in terms of no one knows what it's like yet – Everyone only hears of COVID, and here it's happening to my mom. And so, you know, I, I write jokes anyway. So I kind of felt like it was a bit instructional to people at the time, too, as it's unfolding to me as well. Right. Like, what? What? <laughs> right. bananas. Like, you yeah. don't
0: want to have that unique perspective. But you're like, if I no. have this unique perspective, I'm going to talk about it through the voice that I know best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Also, you don't think it's actually happening. Like, part of it is... He, same with my dad too. I'm like, he's not dying. There's no way. I'll, you know, I'm going to write these jokes and stuff, but we're all going to laugh not, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to have a <laughs> turnaround, you know. And oh. I and I could not believe my. It would be like your your parent, someone getting Ebola right now. You'd be like, what? Yeah. So part of writing about it is kind of, um, I guess, explaining to yourself. Not that I thought of this consciously, but, yeah, this is real. This is your record of it. It's not a dream.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so your son is 16. Mm Mm-hmm. When he turns eighteen, what's going to happen? Are you I'm moving? i leaving up? town. You're leaving. No, he can finish
4: uh, high school on his own.
0: <laughs> You're going to Luxembourg. That's yeah. the plan.
4: I'm not even telling you. I'm not telling anyone where I'm going. <laughs> Guess what? I can go to over twenty-seven European countries. Alphira, uh, I don't have. I'm not. I don't have to stay in Luxembourg. That's fine. Thank you to the Schwengen area agreement. Just please.
0: Please book me at Laurie's place. What if uh, the every, expat chain? Every comedy <laughs> podcast should end with "Please book <laughs> me." <laughs> Please. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Lori Kilmartin. Everybody, uh, follow Lori Kilmartin at annielori 16 on all the socials. Go to our website, LoriKilmartin.com. She is constantly doing live shows around this country. You must catch her. One of the best people working. And also listen to Jackie and Lori, which oh, yeah. is a great podcast as well. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, Sophia. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening and check out Lori Kilmartin's upcoming comedy special with comedy dynamics called "Cis Woke Grief Slut. Please follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at Parenting is a Joke, on Twitter, at Parenting Joke. Join our monthly newsletter. We have updates, tips, tricks, games, astrology. Go to Parentingisajokepod.com to sign up. And you know what? Go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Please tell your friends. More listeners means season two, more episodes from us. So help make it happen. And we thank you. If you're in New York on June 6th, this is exciting, people. Come to the Bell House in Brooklyn for a live show of this podcast. Yes, it's Parenting is a Joke Live. Adira Amram, who wrote our theme song with her band, is going to be there live along with some fantastic guests and stand up comics. Go to our website or go to prettygoodfriends.com for all of the information. Also, you can follow me. You can follow me at Ophira E on the socials or you can go to my website, ophiraeisenberg.com. Our episode is produced by me and Julie smith Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby mac Our game writer is Emily Winter. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox And we'll leave you with some stand-up from Lori Kilmartin.
4: I am a strict mom. Uh, I don't let my son have a smartphone, uh, obviously for porn. But uh, (laughs) also, you know what? Kids don't know how to use reference books. They just Google stuff. And I think that's actually really bad for their brains. You know, I was raised on encyclopedias. Anybody else? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Here's my point. (laughs) I still have all my childhood encyclopedias for nostalgia purposes. So I took my son to the storage unit, and I said, if you can use these books to tell me who is the Prime Minister of Great Britain in World War II, I will get you a brand-new $1,200 iPhone right now. Right? And he goes right to the W encyclopedia. And I was like, oh, no, I underestimated him. He's going to look up World War II. But instead he tried to look up who was the prime minister of Great Britain. What, a, what an incredible victory for me. I'm still I'm still high off of it. <laughs> there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like
3: to check into the Centurion Lounge.
1: Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
3: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.